everyone, and welcome to Phone Calls with Brendan and Ian. I'm Brendan Garland, and I'm a visual artist and creative. And I'm Ian Schaller. I'm a personal trainer and a philosopher. Brendan and I met at college in the Midwest, but now, living on opposing coasts, we keep in touch through phone calls, which we are sharing with you. As a podcast, phone calls is freeform, authentic, and natural, much as any conversation to a friend would be. Using mindfulness as our guide, we unpack our daily lives and travel across a spectrum of topics, which ultimately lead us back to mindfulness. As the listener, we hope our phone calls give you insight on how to allow yourself to simply be and live more consciously. Hello. Ah, we're back. It's been so long. <laughs> I know. Has it really been that long? I don't know how I, long it's been. I feel like it's been like three weeks or something. Uh-huh. I mean, I don't know. I don't, I don't even know how to like check that. Is there a way to check how long it's been? <laughs> <laughs> well, I didn't even uh, upload the last one that we recorded. What's wrong with you? I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Is it not good enough I, for you? Yeah, I thought it was terrible. No, <laughs> like this one sucks. <laughs> I I just realized that like the other day because I was or not even just like right now I looked at what our last recording was mm-hmm. and I was like oh yeah I totally forgot that I didn't upload the other one. Damn. Because all that like everything kind of went down like right after we recorded it. So I was like, eh, I don't really want to oh, I put see. it out. Yeah. 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 I understand. Mm-hmm. Um, that might be, I don't know. Do you want to talk about that? Or are we going to leave that? We can, we can make this a mysterious conversation. <laughs> if, if you don't want to talk about it, be like, ooh, what are they talking about? <laughs> um, no, yeah. I think we could definitely talk about it. Like, oh, hello. Oh, okay. Thought I lost you. No. Yeah, so I just, I didn't want to upload it because, like, right after we recorded it, all the, well, George Floyd was murdered by the police in Minneapolis. So then, and that kind of mm-hmm. sparked um, all these nationwide protests that are still going on even right now. Yeah. And I just felt like, personally and i think a lot of other people did this too like alan i saw alan like postponed his podcast and everything and creators Mm -hmm. but i just didn't feel like it was one that that podcast i mean i think that it's still valuable but for a different Mm -hmm. time like now there are certain things that are at the spotlight that should be talked about and then also Mm -hmm. like even if I we did upload it, like I wouldn't promote it because it, it just seems weird. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I totally get that. Um, yeah, that was wow. Okay, so that's how long it's been since we did the podcast. Yeah. It seems like just yesterday. To me, yeah, like mm. in my head, I don't know why. I just, mm-hmm. These past few weeks have like flown by. Yeah. Time is strange these days. Yeah. <sighs> I don't know what it is. Um, but yeah, there was definitely just 
in general, like social media has kind of got a lot of voices and it's loud typically. Mm. And then like with something so important and impactful and horrific happening like that, then it kind of gets even more loud um, because people do want to like speak about it and bring that to attention. So yeah, it's like, <laughs> I'm not going to be like, Oh, here's a podcast by the way. Yeah. <laughs> but at the same time, uh, you know, some people did kind of go along with their, with their normal things, which I mean, I, I'm not judging, mm-hmm. but you know, that was still there too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I, we could go like, you could get into a whole, debate about that Mm -hmm. and like whether like personally I personally believe that like if you it's different if you don't have like a social media presence you know yeah like if you don't really use social media this came up with like Kendrick Lamar like Kendrick Lamar hasn't said anything about all the protests Uh but Kendrick Lamar doesn't have a social media presence So, like, he doesn't, you know, like, he never tweets anything ever. So, Mm -hmm. why would it make sense for him to just, like, tweet something now? Mm -hmm. And especially when he has whole albums dedicated to this thing, right? Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Like, you listen to his, like, that's, like, one of the kind of, like, ways you can learn about it, I feel like, is, like, you know, real rappers like that and then kind of get it. You can, it paints a pretty strong picture that you can get the point. Uh-huh. And like what you're saying right now makes me think of uh, Dave Chappelle put out, it It was like a stand up thing, but it wasn't like, mm-hmm. it wasn't meant to be funny. You could tell like it was, it was very serious, very informed, very powerful. Did you watch that? Yeah, I did. He, like, I mean, you know, the comment he made then about, like he's like, because he hasn't like made a statement. I don't think or anything like, or anything like that. And it's like, well, he doesn't really need to, you know. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know. Yeah. So, I think it's different if like you like for me. I think the problem lies really with like if you have this kind of social like if you are on social media all the time and like, you know, every day you like post a new picture of like yourself. Right. And then I'm mm-hmm. not to, I don't want to like judge anybody, but I, this is just where I have my personal quarrels with this like individual, like group of people. Is it like, if you're posting pictures of yourself every day and then something like this big happens and you just continue posting about it like nothing happened, it seems very um, just like you don't care. Like, that is the way that it comes across, you know? And Mm -hmm. also, there are a lot of people that were like, I'm worried about my brand, or I'm worried about how, like, well, first of all, yeah. Well, there are people that are like, I'm worried about my brand and, like, how it may look. But this isn't, like, a political issue. It's, like, mm-hmm. you know, I, I think that is, like, where it's so strange for me because this isn't, like, politics, you know? We're not talking about, like, 
if the new Republican bill to like raise the economy or, you know, if we're talking about foreign policy or something like that, like this is literal, like just human rights, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm, And mm -hmm. I think that's just the, where it just kind of feels, um, I don't know what the right word would be, but like, feels kind of like ignorance like a willful ignorance hmm. uh, but I don't, it's not really even ignorance it's like because most of these almost, I, th- I guarantee almost everybody is aware of this so it's like a, yeah, it's like choosing to not care Or choosing to show that you don't care. I don't know. Do you understand, like, what I'm... Or how do you, yeah. what do you think about it? I I don't know. I think because I'm not sure how to really act and respond and speak and navigate this whole situation. Um, I can see it as, like, what you're talking about. You know, it's like, eh, you know, like this is awful, but awful things happen all the time. Like moving on that sort of Mm -hmm. thing. Is that what you mean? But then I could also see how like you, like certain people may not feel that like their voice even, even like, even like matters in this. Um, or like they may not know the right things to say and like the right time to say it. And I'm, like that's the field I'm in. I'm, I don't have a social media presence, mm-hmm. but like, I, <laughs> you know, to like, to say that I have something to say that's going to like, really like change the world. Like I don't believe that. Hmm. I don't. This is it's a, such a tricky situation that I'm still like diving into and learning about everything. So I, I guess what I'm saying is like I'm, I'm okay with people sitting back as long as they're thinking about it and like trying to figure out where they're they're at with all of it. Like I'm okay with it. Like I'm comfortable with it. Mm-hmm. I know. Maybe maybe you feel differently. I don't know. Does that make sense though? First of all, yeah. And I think it comes down to like how you're because th- uh, this is like a thing that I've been mulling over a lot. Like this whole mm-hmm. what we're talking about right now is something that I've been mulling over a lot because you know, I don't like social media in general. So I don't necessarily think that like, like it really does come down to what your actions are outside of social media. And I Mm -hmm. think that the reason a lot of people are getting called out for not posting is because they don't show the commitment outside of social media or they've actively Mm. been against like a commitment to learning or bettering themselves in the area of race that then when something like this happens and they don't post about it, then it's like, well, now you're just, that's like what I, you know, kind of what I'm saying. Like now you're just choosing to show that you don't care Mm -hmm. because you, if you really were doing the work outside of social media and you didn't post about this, 
I don't really think people would be that mad because they'd be like, well, you know, look at the past, like, 10 charities that they've been involved in or, you know, look at all this stuff that they've done. Mm-hmm. Um, go ahead. So are you – wow, that's a good hearing because I, I, like, barely got that word. That's excellent. <laughs> um, so are you mainly referring to, like, sort of, like, famous people that, that do have a heavy, like, media presence? Because it seems like if they didn't have that, then people wouldn't know if they were actively involved in those things or not and then would have no reason to, like, speak out against them in social media. No. Just to clarify. Uh, no, I think everybody. Because, because like, there's another... So then there's, like, another layer of this that's, like, that um, has kind of come out now that's, like, especially with the whole black square thing, like, there's a performative aspect to it. So then you can kind of especially as like a white person you post your black square and say that you stand in solidarity but where has your have you done any like real work outside of social media to prove that you're actively trying to like dismantle these like uh ways of thinking or have you been involved in groups that are like trying to, um, I don't know, like uh, educate people or, uh, you know, get people out of jail. In your circle, do you have friends? And like, are you actively having these conversations with people mm-hmm. like about race and about like gender and sexuality and all this stuff? Or are you just posting this black square because you don't want to be called out? Mm-hmm. Is that yeah. virtue signaling? Is that what that word is? Because I heard that term today on a podcast, and I, I'm not quite familiar with it. But is that the is that what that means? Mm, I don't know. Okay, I'm not that familiar with it either. Yeah. Um, in this like context, it seemed like it was people, and he's not saying it was like a bad or a good thing. Um but he's saying that like people will post, you know, like the black square, like I stand in solidarity with like the black lives matter movement, all of that. And, but they, they do it almost just because like everyone else is doing it and they'll get shamed if they don't do it, that mm-hmm. kind of thing. So it's like, it's a signal that you should be doing it. Cause it's like the virtuous thing to do, but it's not so much. And you kind of just do it. <sighs> That's how the way I'm understanding it though. Um, I don't know. Yeah. There's so many like terms and, and words, you know, around this whole thing. And then it just kind of, it gets like snipped up and put into boxes and then it gets all complicated. Mm-hmm. Um, honestly, even with, and like this isn't like against you, but even with the, the, the stuff you put on your stories a lot about the, the is it the black socialist? Is that what it's called? Uh-huh. Yeah. Like that's like complicated to read because it's so heavily laden with, political terms that like I mean I'm not like a super political person that reads the news and stuff like that so Mm -hmm. like it's like you have to like research to do the research that kind of thing you know yeah um so that makes all these situations tricky too but I've always thought that about the news and the media and everything else Mm -hmm. yeah I guess it is like 
my my like views are like very radically left mm-hmm. like as far as like the political scale goes mm-hmm. so a lot of the stuff that like i'm posting mm-hmm. is stuff that like i've been researching for a while but i will agree that when i first like cuz i'm i've been following the black socialists for maybe over a year now mm-hmm. and so all this like terminology is stuff that i've been kind of accumulating over time yeah and so i can definitely see how mm-hmm. like if to anybody that's never seen this terminology before you have to like relearn a whole new like language basically yeah mhm and which which is yeah which is part of the problem but we also need people to be able to like who can communicate that knowledge effectively to whom <laughs> if, I'm to... Using, if i'm using whom in the right place <laughs> uh to people who are willing like who are at that point in life because i mean obviously i don't expect everyone to become like like well now i'm at a point where i would consider myself a communist Mm-hmm. But, you know, I don't believe that everybody is going to reach that point in life. Mm-hmm. But to be able to communicate how these, like, ideologies, like, help or, like, the individual that you're talking to, how can you communicate that in a way that, like, they would understand mm-hmm. or that, like, it's going to benefit them? And I think you need that, like in life in general. Mm-hmm. So to clarify, you think you should be able to speak about it almost like in layman's terms and in like the politically informed terminology. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with that. Like, I think because it almost seems like, you know, if you speak too simply to someone who's like a political hot shot, I think they got to, big political penis i don't know i'm just being a dick (laughs) (laughs) then they'll be like oh like you're not using the right words but like if you Uh talk to someone who isn't really into it but needs to be because it seems like the small guys uh, i don't know why i used that word like you know the majority isn't informed that way and if that's like the people that we need (laughs) to know about it it seems like that's how we we have to be able to speak in both like all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I uh, was reading this uh, book. It's called blood in my eye by George Jackson. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's from like the, like he was a black Panther. Um, obviously during like the civil rights era. And he wrote about like, in order to like have the revolution, we don't need people who, uh, what do you say? Like, we don't need everyone to be a radical. We just need people to be like indifferent or in favor, like a majority of people to be indifferent or in favor of the things that you're talking about. 
Hmm. And so I think that kind of really applies to like what we're talking about now. Mm-hmm. If you can communicate it in a way that people like, maybe they're like, you know, I don't really understand what you're talking about, like, mm-hmm. or how it's going to get done. But I believe in like what you're saying, then, mm-hmm. then I, I think that you can get more things done. Mm. Why is that? Um, because you need, well, you need masses of people to be on board with these things mm-hmm. because it, it can't be done in a vacuum. Like if we're going to change, if we're truly going to like change things, you need to like be able to like dismantle things. But in order to do that, you have to be able to build community infrastructures. So if you can't get the community at least on board with like kind of what you're doing, then, mm-hmm. you know, you're just going to have a lot of fragmented people yeah. all over the place that think about this one kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I agree. So is any of this, because um, you, a couple of days ago we were talking about like, oh, do we want to like jump back, back into this podcast thing? Um, you said you had, learned a lot of new things is this tying into any of that or is that like do we need to jump into that later <laughs> yeah i mean ever since the like regardless of like social media because i have like quarrels with a lot of things on social media but the one good thing that has really come out of this is the sharing of information mm-hmm. and kind of um like i do like social media in the way that it kind of raises consciousness um because it puts these like key words in front of everybody's faces at the same time so then you can do your own research or you can just this kind of what i was just actually talking about with like what having people that are either indifferent or on board, if you put these kind of little keywords in front of people's faces and give them a little information about it, then they can be like, oh yeah, I think that's something that I would like. Or they can decide to do more research into what that actually means and kind of the philosophy behind it. Mm-hmm which is another thing that I think has happened now, which has been great is this sharing of like texts and PDFs. I, I have like a whole folder of just, I don't know how long it's going to take me to read all this stuff, but I have a whole folder of like PDFs that I downloaded that people shared from like their uh, college classes and stuff of like Mm. full books. Mm. And I just have like, stacks of these things and i that's how i read blood in my eye i just printed it out and then read the whole thing Mm. and it's really incredible that is really cool Mm -hmm. is that illegal (laughs) is that some is that some copyright (laughs) stuff should we not have shared that (laughs) i I guess you're not people are sharing it all over social media yeah yeah exactly Yeah, you're not, like, reprinting it and selling it. You're just giving it away. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, it 
it probably is illegal, like capitalism Somewhere. and whatnot, but <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I I've kind of like just kept going down this rabbit hole and I wanted to talk to you about something too that but we can get into this maybe a little later on because it does it kind of fits into what we're talking about but I have kind of gone down this rabbit hole where I first like read um, blood in my eye and then I was like thinking about the revolution because that's what he talks about a lot like what is the revolution and then how do we dismantle like systems of capitalism and then I got into like um, like prison abolition and police abolition and like what those things mean and what does a future like without police and without um, prisons look like and then it was like well in order to do those two things we have to like radically change the way we think about punishment and think about society and and then it came down to like a micro level with in our own individual lives how do we like resort to punishment as a reaction to something and now I'm like way out in the like middle of fields but like I think that the way in which our society is like structured right now is just so like, we just need to radically rethink all of the things that like we've been taught Mm. because, and we need to create spaces that allow for people. So this is one of the things and I'd, I'd be interested to hear your like side of it. Um, But one of the things about transformative justice, which is like basically a, like a new way of looking at justice instead of um, like punishment and the carceral state. So transformative justice is all about like that um, we, we can't hold people accountable. They say that it's actually like impossible to hold somebody accountable for something you can only create the spaces that allow them to enter into accountability what exactly do you mean by that part you can only hold the spaces that allow them to enter accountability mm-hmm. what do you so yeah, what does that mean like um Uh, So, like, if somebody did something wrong, and kind of the extreme examples are, like, um, like, sexual assault and, like, murder, violence, and, yeah, (laughs) murdering somebody, things like that, right? But let's just say it's, like, because I don't want to get to, like, uh, that extreme, but, like, let's just say, um, I don't know. Murder is, like, a really good example because it is so extreme. But let's just say that, like, somebody murdered somebody, right? Mm -hmm. Um, 
you have to look at the like reasons why that person murdered somebody. So you have to like go dig into the like systemic reasons, um, the roots of that person's trauma maybe. Um, and instead of what we do now, which is that person murdered somebody, they're a bad person. They can never be redeemed, but shove them into this place where we never have to see them. Right. Mm -hmm. So instead of doing that, because as we've seen, it doesn't help. So instead it's basically acknowledging that this person is still a full rounded human being. Right. So you have to understand where they came from and then, but you can't like tell them you can be like, obviously like, you know, murdering people isn't okay because of it. One, that person is no longer living. And then two, like think of the emotional impact on the families. Mm -hmm. But you can't like make that person become accountable for their own actions. That's a journey that they have to make on their own. You know, mm. you can, so that that's what providing the space for them is. So maybe through having conversations and um, going to therapy and allowing them to like acknowledge their past traumas and why it led up to the way that they think this way mm. By providing that space, you allow them to enter in to a space where they can then become accountable for their own actions, mm. but not somebody else saying, you know, this is bad. Yeah. Right. So, yeah, I'm glad you clarified that. Like, that makes a lot of sense. And I do agree with that because when, when you first said, you know, we can't hold people accountable for their actions. I'm like, well, <laughs> you kind of have to in order uh -huh. for like that, that learning to occur. Because I 100% agree that like the way the justice system is now, it doesn't work. Like it doesn't, well, it works to do what they're doing now. But it, yeah. it doesn't work in terms of like, and you know, this isn't their intention. But if we want the justice system to be a, a system of healing and of like changing people's lives and even though i i'm i murdered somebody that i am still a human being that you know we all fuck up and mm -hmm. um which is like the key here like we all fuck up and we get to examine how we fucked up or what's like the wrong with my circuitry in that moment and mm -hmm if we don't treat them as a human, it makes that a lot harder to sit back and observe for myself, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. Um, I hope the listeners get that. And did, did that make sense? Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. And I think what you said that is like one of the most important parts is that like, we're all like, we all make mistakes and we all call like this is like something that they talk about that like we all cause harm like throughout our whole lives you know 
in some way, shape or form, we will harm another human being at some point. Mm -hmm. Like just because we are human and we're not perfect. So it's a lot about like acknowledging those in ourselves as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No, oof, this, this drove me crazy. And, um, so there was a conversation happening and, um, there was alcohol involved. So I didn't get involved because it wasn't the person saying it that said it, but you know, these talks, mm-hmm. this, this whole situation came up with George Floyd and they're like, but he was a criminal. I'm like, you motherfucker. I was like, he was a human <laughs> being. He's a fucking human being. It doesn't matter. And then when people call people criminals, like they're not human beings anymore, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's a, that's something really amazing that was brought up in this book, um, the ascent of humanity by uh, Charles Eisenstein is that like, we label things and then we chop them up and then the moment we label them, they're separate from us, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a less extreme example is like, there's two trees I'm looking at right now. And, you know, one is this kind of tree and one is this kind of tree. And I've already split them from me just by calling them a tree X and tree Z. But the moment I just refer to them all as trees I take away their uniqueness and like their spirit and the fact that they're still a living thing. You know what I mean? So it's just, it's fascinating the power of words like, Oh, he's a criminal, you know? And then all of a sudden that paints that person in this disgusting, ugly, horrifying, evil light when, you know, what it means to be a criminal nowadays can be, like anything, you know, like, mm-hmm. like I got a ticket, you know, oh, criminal, you know, that kind of shit. Yeah. So that just blows my mind. It blows my mind. And yeah, there's like, there's so many things to unpack in that because it's like, why, why does making like labeling some, someone a criminal, mm-hmm. why does that automatically assume that they should die? Like, I, yeah. I've never understood that argument because people like police murdering people is like not a thing that should be accepted. Mm-hmm. Like in the United States, like in no other country do police murder people like at the rate that they do in the United States. Right. You know, in like mm-hmm. some other country, it's like what well, in England, it might be like one person, like two people. Right. It's like over a thousand. Mm -hmm. So why have we conditioned ourselves to believe that that is like acceptable? Mm -hmm. Well, see, I think that's almost a different thing. Like, so I agree. Like, yeah, because someone's a criminal doesn't mean they deserve death of any sort. Mm -hmm. And like, that's, that comes back to the whole, like, um, I forgot what you called it, but just like a new justice system, essentially like a new structured system of like, uh, I use the word healing. So I'll just use that again. Mm-hmm. So, but I, th- I think what you're talking about now is something that it's, it's partially a numbers game, which I don't want to get really into that, but like we're bigger than England. You know what I mean? We, we do give cops, um, guns, 
and you know they do dumb shit all the time but i it's hard for me to group all of that into the into the same category but then there's cases with like george floyd and there's there's many many others that are, like are being recorded and shared where it's like it's blatant murder so you know i i don't know those numbers does that make sense mm-hmm. i'm i'm not disagreeing with you i'm just like kind of clarifying in in my own mind i suppose yeah but i mean like they shouldn't be murdering anybody you know what i mean like that is the thing that i that i see people like having a conversation about uh-huh. a lot is like that oh you know especially around like george floyd is that like in the situation they were like oh he was like nonviolent mm. but then like just because somebody resists arrest does not mean that they should just be killed correct know? correct yeah <laughs> yeah yeah it seems like i do think self defense is warranted just because it's kind of in our nature to do so and i don't know if we would have police officers if there wasn't mm-hmm. a way to defend yourself in that kind of case like but even if you are like you should like should you be able to shoot to kill i don't think so you know like you should shoot to disarm if possible if you're going to shoot at all you know like yeah. it, sh- it should be like a last case scenario worst case scenario uh-huh but then i but then again we're also by even having a conversation about police like we're adding more legitimacy to the fact that the police is even a like viable institution anymore. Like, because police are not, so the police aren't here to protect individuals, which I think is a common like mistake that has been made or like a common thing that we've been told is that the police are here to protect us, but the police are actually a force to protect property. So the police, like as a system, do not care about human lives. And like, I'm not talking about like individually, blah, 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 like, but as a system, the police force is meant to protect property and not people. Do you mean historically, like that was like the intention police were created for? And still to this day, I mean, yes, historically, mm-hmm. but even to this day, the function of police is primarily to ensure that because I th- think about things that people get police calls for, like property damage is high on the list. But mm-hmm. why, why is property like graffiti and things like that? Why does that warrant it's not doing any damage, you know, the property is not a living thing, but the police are around to protect capital and like capital amassing of wealth, like through these businesses. I don't know. I don't know enough about it to say that just like police are just here to collect or protect capital and property. Cause it seems like you could have a very conscious person being a police officer and like, 
you know, they do it to protect people when, when it, when it comes up, hopefully you don't have to protect anybody. You know what I mean? Like if you're, if you're having to, you know, get kids to not spray paint graffiti on a building, like that seems like a better day than having to answer a bunch of domestic violence calls. Right. Yeah. But the thing is, is that like, even like, I, I don't know. It's just, I, I'll have to send you like some readings because the more that you read into the function of police, police do their, their function just is so drastically different than what we're told that they're actually doing because in like situations of domestic violence or sexual assault or these really like extreme acts of like violence against another human being, the police often don't do anything. And in situations of sexual assault, I mean, there are countless reports of like sexual assault is the second highest crime committed by police after, you know, murdering people. So it's like in these situations, more often than not, they're not helping those people. So, and domestic violence, um, victims are never taken seriously, not never, but a high percentage are never taken seriously by the system. It, it's just, it, it is not a system that is built in the way that we think that it is built because from its conception, it was to protect like to capture runaway slaves and in the north it was for union busting so the to you know basically keep people from making a decent wage Mm. so the the whole just system like because i'm sure that there are people that go into it because they think that they're doing that. They want to help people. Right. I don't doubt that at all. I'm not, I'm not saying that there aren't people that like want to do good, but I'm just saying the system is not designed in that way. Do you think it could be like, cause there's this huge, I mean, obviously you know this, but the, the like the defund the police um, is like a huge thing right now. So, like, could it be like a re- reformation instead? You know? No, I don't think that because you can't ref- because the police are doing exactly what, like, right now they are doing exactly what they are intended to do, right? Like, it's not broken. So reforming something is just adding more legitimacy to the system because you're basically saying that like what they're doing is still correct, but we're just going to tweak it in a way. And the problem is, is that this is why I don't, this is why I'm now an abolitionist or like why I believe in, abolitionist values but 
in Minneapolis, they there's like this whole eight can't wait thing going around. And it's like all these reforms that the police department should do that should reduce um, police violence by like 72% or whatever. But in Minneapolis, they have already implemented all those things. Minneapolis has one of the most reformed police departments Mm. and this stuff is still going on. Mm -hmm. So I don't believe that it can be reform. The police like have just an insanely large budget in Mm. LA. The police budget is three, three billion Mm dollars and the budget for like homelessness is 400 400 million so it's like that is why the police do not need that much money first of all because they're not using it in any constructive way so i think that the that we should like defund the police and put that money into community um led community-based yeah, like black spider just ran across my face <laughs> in the bed and i didn't scream and i'm kind of crying do you need help i don't know i wrapped it underneath my phone and i'm gonna go get a tissue you got this i don't know i'm kind of freaked out by the fact that i didn't panic take a deep breath and then if you can't i will put this on hold and i will come take care of the spider just to let you know this is gonna be on a podcast I know. I can help Broke. you. Sorry, she has severe arachnophobia, and apparently uh-huh. there was a spider in the bed. You heard it all, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> I did. <laughs> um, I'm so sorry uh, that you were interrupted there. Um, abolition. You said you're all for abolition of the police. So continue Mm -hmm. wherever you remember you were. Um, Yeah. Well, I was just saying that all the money should like be taken from the police departments and put into community based uh, initiatives Mm. because the only way that we're going to fix this problem is by like radically thinking, like changing the way that we think about things. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because the but but defunding the police um in my point of view is a step towards uh totally removing the police and then eventually a step towards um totally removing prisons did you get it you're what go take a deep breath babe I love you. You're so strong. You didn't ruin it. We can probably remove it, or we can keep it on here. People will just <laughs> people will just understand. <laughs> I love you. <laughs> okay, she's okay. Um, <laughs> so it's a step in the direction of getting rid of police and then prisons. Mm-hmm. Can we take out prisons first? (laughs) Well, yeah, that would be nice because 
I guess that they they can happen simultaneously because the the less that you rely on the police to address like unnecessary things, mm-hmm. the less people that are going to end up in prison. Okay. Because and most people that end up in prison, well, most people that end up in jails and are in jails, they're in jails because they don't have enough money to pay bail. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So for minor things. Yeah. Um, so what would be necessary for a police officer to step in and take action to, you know, just to, to exist? Like what would be a necessary situation? Um, nothing. Well, (laughs) I, like, no, in no situation do I think that we need police. As, like, an institution. Because that's what I mean, like, by claiming that these things, um like are legitimate then we're not allowing for the possibility of imagining something else so what's the alternative um it would have to be developed like by the community and for the community but some examples are like i, I don't know it we we would have to like be developed and i would also like to note that all of this information that i am like sharing comes from like usually primarily queer black women and then also like queer women in general who have like been on the forefront of prison abolition movements and abolition movements since uh, forever ago. So they, I'm sure, (laughs) have thought about these things in a far greater depth than I have in my three weeks of learning about this stuff. Mm Mm-hmm. So they need to be on the forefront of like what is going to come next Mm -hmm. because, and not me, you know, not white guys in general. For sure. Like, so I think that any like, black trans activists or black queer women will have a greater understanding of what needs to be put into place. So whether that looks like, like a community kind of defense. Um, so like, for example, in Rajava, which is a socialist or like community in Northern Syria, mm-hmm they have like uh community defense that is all women ran. Mm. So, but 
men are allowed in, but they have a much like smaller role. So these women then know like how to properly handle situations and they're all trained with like weapons and things like this, Hmm. but they can also be removed immediately. So if there's any misconduct, so if somebody did something wrong, the community members can vote to remove them immediately. Mm -hmm. And this kind of goes back to like what we were talking about on our phone call the other day, like community, like ground up forms of like organization because in order to have these things work, there can't be hierarchy. You can't have somebody at the top because then you're just basically reimagining the same system that we already like exist in. Mm. So you, you have to create the possibility for workers to be able to say, you know, this isn't working. Let's kind of shift over to this and we're going to have a, you know, this big discussion about what needs to happen in the community and we're all going to talk about it and then vote on it and then like move into this next thing. Plato would disagree with you. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But Plato also didn't like democracy. I don't know if he ever like thought of the possibility of like a, a socialist, like communist community, but Mm -hmm. um, he was very much against democracy because they're too slow. So I don't know if he would like the fact of like having sort of, everyone be making like the big decisions he would leave it it would be more like a having like the tribe leader who's like the wisest or like the oldest or having like a shaman and then you go to the shaman and then he like makes the decision or sorry that's even like interesting in itself that i said he um Mm -hmm. but yeah like you would bring it to like the wisest person and it doesn't have to be a he um and then they just like right there, they make the decision because the communities put enough faith in them uh, and trust that they will make the right decision for the whole, you know? Yeah. But I just think that we've seen that fail uh, over and over again, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. unless everybody has an equal say, I think that we need to, um, Imagine something different than that, because unless everybody has an equal say, I think we're just going to end up um, right back in kind of these situations that we're already in Mm. with dictators and like fascists, just fascism in in general, like as we can see in the U.S. currently. Mm -hmm. That's a dog. It is a dog. I don't know what he's barking at, but mm. what are you thinking? Um, earlier today, I was I was with a friend in Charlotte and. We were, we actually like, we watched the, I watched CNN. Give me a high five for that one. <laughs> That's like <laughs> never happened. There's a, 
I said Farah Sahar or something like that. I don't know his name. Some reporter on CNN who uh, he he did a pretty pretty decent job of like reporting the news and seemingly not taking a bias and reporting more on the story than you would get and just like turning on CNN and them flipping through 10 stories without ever like actually talking about anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the, the black lives matter movement came up in our conversation and um, it, it came down for us to be about like, more of a it has to be a consciousness shift so you earlier you said like it has to be like a ground up thing like the community from like the very bottom has to you know be with this whole change if it if it's gonna work you know Mm -hmm. and that i think we would agree with you but that that ground that reconstruction has to start like within like each person and so that's like it's like the mm. mass consciousness itself changing and otherwise i don't think it matters what power structure you have what economic system you have if the people themselves the individuals are not as conscious as possible or like at the level if if we maintain the level of consciousness we're at now nothing will ever work it doesn't matter how you change it I think people have to become more and more conscious and maybe that's like the, what you're describing is like what that will lead to naturally. But I think without changing each individual and each individual working on themselves and uh, there's just, there's always going to be those human. Well, I don't, I don't want to say human as like, that's like the bad part of us, but like the, kind of the dark side of humanity will always be there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I would agree. Um, we did kind of skip that step in the, <laughs> <laughs> in the discussion. Yeah. Yeah. So, Cause it, it is the most important. Mm-hmm. Because if everyone isn't, like at the same or at like that level of consciousness, then we're only going to be working from where we are now, mm-hmm. which yeah, as we've seen has not proven to be very successful. Yeah. So Yeah. Yeah, but I think that's where, like, to leave it, like, positively, mm-hmm, I think that mm-hmm. that is where where we're starting right now. Yeah. Right? Because we now have all the possibilities of starting this thing. Because mm-hmm. you're not going to be able to, like, capitalism is so huge and, like, so overwhelming and so ingrained into everything that we do, we're, you're not going to be able to change that unless you start with yourself and then, you know, form a, like, let's say you form a group with, like, five other people mm-hmm. and then you kind of do some things for the community 
and then maybe you like hold an info session and then you teach the people in your community about like what you've been talking about mm-hmm. and then eventually that grows into like a small organization you know yeah. and then event- eventually you grow to where you're solving all your own problems as a community and not even relying on the government or like you're using the system of capitalism to uh, enhance your community, but you're not like your community is actively engaged in dismantling capitalism. So you're kind of like shifting this consciousness. So if you can, if you can create that community, that's like sort of self-efficient anyway, um, is there still a necessity of dismantling capitalism? Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, because, like, capitalism is inherently racist. So, uh, and not, like, racist in, like, the terms that, like, like race as, like, black. But, like, capitalism will always, like, separate people by racial categories. So, in order to, like, create a true community like that, you're going to have to get rid of all capitalist, like, forms of hierarchy. Hmm. I feel like I need a lot of background on that. (laughs) Like, yeah, yeah, like, there's probably a lot that could be talked about there for that to, for, to fill in any gaps um because i definitely see how it's like a classist thing like there's always like the you know upper middle class upper class middle class lower class or may, mm. maybe even eventually it's just going to be upper and lower um it seems to be going that way yeah. but and that in itself is a huge cause of separation and suffering so mm-hmm. i get that Oh yeah. And capitalism needs to keep expanding. Mm-hmm. Otherwise it dies. So that's why like, like I, this is the whole thing, but like, that's why the U S goes and like invades other countries and is like, um, that's why like imperialism is attached to capitalism because you have to keep expanding and like, obtaining resources otherwise capitalism dies Mm. so that's the reason why like we have a huge military that's the reason why we have a huge police force like and we invade other countries and take their resources because it has to keep amassing things Mm. and then all the people at the top have the power to control whatever they want yeah so you have to get rid of those people at the top. Otherwise, they'll continue doing whatever they're doing. And you won't be able to have your community because they will 100% eventually find a way to take you out. Mm. So. Picking up what you're putting down. <laughs> mm-hmm. Heavy stuff. Yes. But it's just what it is right now. And 
what we all need to hear. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's good. I mean, mm-hmm. I think that the conversations people are having now are like um, incredible. Like, uh, they're conversations that I never would have imagined. Like, even like our freshman, sophomore year of high school, mm-hmm. I remember thing. I mean, high school of college mm-hmm. like things like this would be brought up and people would be like ah, i don't want to like i don't want to get into that. that's boring i don't want to talk about politics yeah it's like uncomfortable you know so they're like, yeah i'll talk about it yeah and now i think people are realizing that it's okay to be uncomfortable mm-hmm. well i think we were all forced into it which you know <laughs> mm, yeah but like that's that's good that's like even in myself i've realized how much i i kind of i push it all away and try to like trigger those shit just to maintain a certain level of inner security and turmoil but i'm finding now that that wasn't like a real a real security, like a real like inner like happiness. Because if one person's suffering, like we're all suffering, whether we realize it or not. Mm-hmm. I really believe that. Did you have anything else to add? I think that's a what a way to end everything. Yeah, no, that's fine. I can totally end that. Um, <laughs> side note, or maybe you can just cut this part out. Mm-hmm. Um we're like going on a long trip this next month. So I guess it's maybe it's good that you haven't put out that other episode because it'll just give content for us to have out. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, we're going to be gone like the whole month, which isn't to say I couldn't do some podcasts, but be kind of all over the place. We're going to go to Tennessee. I already told you about this, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. So, um, so I'm glad we got this in. Yeah, me too. When are you leaving for that? Wednesday morning. Oh, wow. Yeah. Excited. I've never camped before, so this will be crazy. <laughs> really? You never yeah. camped? Uh-uh. Oh. That's crazy. Any pro tips? I, I've only been camping like twice. Mm. It's more It's 200% <laughs> more than I have. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, enjoy it that's my advice that's perfect <laughs> <laughs> that's uh, amazing advice <laughs> yeah alright well we'll keep in touch yeah and... for sure alright love you man love you too bye bye